I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Today on Exploring the Prophetic, we have Matt Tommy, who is an artist, and not just an artist, but a very real father to artists and creative people, who started a mentoring program towards the artists community in the world. It's great, especially designed for Christians, but I think it's for anybody who just wants to develop identity. And then also, he has his very own practice of basket weaving. And I know this uh, basket weaving, if you're not familiar with the arts, you may not be familiar with how artistic it is as an expression, but if you go to his website, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful and so creative. And if you haven't been or heard of Asheville and Carolinas, it's you guys, it's one of the most creative places. You wouldn't know it, but it's one of the most creative places on the earth. And uh, you wouldn't know it unless you've been there. If you've been there once, you would know it know because it, the music that's coming out of there, the art scene that's there is just phenomenal. And Matt and his wife moved their family there to just start their next season of life in uh, several years ago. And that next season included leading uh, an artistic community and a mentoring program and basically like an educational program to help people, which you can do online. You don't have to go there to do it. You can do it online and encourage you to look at it. But I really love Matt. I ended up reading one of his books. I think his publisher sent it to me and I've read his book and all of his books are on the arts. And I read one of his books and I was like, this guy understands what God wants to do with artists. And he understands how to nurture artists. And I've talked to so many people, you guys in the arts community, the entertainment community, and there's, you always know when it's a mature father by their language, by their heart, by their vulnerability, by their reality. I mean, this, he's not jaded. He's not upset with the world. He's very solid in who he is. And he is giving, I think other artists, like when he could just do his own career and have a successful career, he's giving other artists such a beautiful expression to connect to God. And I, I was friends years and years ago with the Thomas Kincaid family. When I say friends, it was very loose, you know, like I just knew them barely. And, uh, and I remember when I met Thomas and how I just thought this guy's such a father and he had this amazing career and I, I don't uh, cast any shade on that career cause it was amazing what they did for commercial arts, what they did to sustain the art mo- uh, movement during depressions or recessions in America was amazing, but he didn't reproduce other artists, meaning he was a father in the arts but he didn't know how to create other space for other artists to become who they were as well. Or if he did, it wasn't in the season that I knew him. And here, Matt, I think, has the same kind of calling on his life to create incredible works of art, maybe not as mass market as Thomas Kincaid, but incredible works of art. And at the same time, instead of just focusing on his career, he's taking time to actually develop through the ministry window and through the educational window, he's taking time to develop other people. And I'm just so excited to be able to interview him because he's doing this because he was commissioned by God. And we're going to hear that story, which I love when God appoints us for something because he gives us a different grace, an unusual grace. And you're going to hear that from Matt. So before we get there, I have just a product announcement I want to share with you. And also I want to encourage you to keep uh, rating our podcast. Every time you listen to it, if you like it, I want to encourage you to rate it because it helps people to see and for it to be relevant to other people. And share this. If you have a chance, share it with your friends and family. You can copy the link and send it directly through text messaging to your friends. You can also share it on your website, your Facebook, your Instagram. It'll help us immensely with getting the word out. Here's our word about our resource. Our resource. 
Hey, this is Sean Bowles. I'm going to tell you about a book I wrote called Keys to Heaven's Economy. And this is based on an encounter I had with the minister of finance, which was an angelic being. I know this is intense to hear and believe, but it's an angelic being whose sole purpose was to steward the economy of heaven so Jesus could get all of his reward in our age and the age to come. It was so beautiful, this encounter, but it changed the way I thought about finances practically and also brought scriptures to life like I'd never seen them before. This book has become a bestseller internationally, and I want to encourage you to get your copy today at www.bullsministries.com. Welcome to the Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and we're here with Matt Tommy. I'm so excited to talk to you today because you are a fellow artist, but a real one. I'm not. I'm just a wannabe, <laughs> but you're a real one. <laughs> Thanks, man. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know this, but I actually do fine art, but I had to give it up when I had kids because they take all my time. Wow. I did not know that. <laughs> I, I decided not to go in that whole genre when I realized how little money it made, unless you're really, really good. And I didn't, I didn't feel like... I was that that good, and I didn't have the spiritual calling on the same sense that you train people to have. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I recently read one of your books, and you just you you're becoming a resource center for artists who really want to see an impact in the world around us, which is one of my favorite topics. I love the arts. You're part of my tribe in my heart, at least I think so on my end. And I'm just so glad uh, to have you on today. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm passionate about it as well. And I think when you walk through enough junk in your own life, you want to try to help other people not step in those same holes. And that's, you know, <laughs> I really try to share <laughs> out of my own journey. It's like, don't do this. You know, here's the things that are working. Here's the things that are not. So exactly. Well, I mean, it's hard, though, as an artist to even have time outside of your own craft because you you're a sure. prolific artist. I love some of the the basket weaving type stuff that you do. And I mean, just yeah. it's it's phenomenal art. So to have more time to write books and inspire artists, obviously that's a, a God commission. God did something to put you on that track because I know, I mean, I just know artists like you who are, you're in your, in your world. It's hard to even reach out past that to help one person, let alone being a voice to so many. So I just want to thank you for that because it's huge. Well, thanks. And I, I think, you know, over the years, you just kind of learn to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. And I don't know, just as God works the vision, his vision of your life into you, it becomes easier to say no to those those kind of extraneous things and give you that focus. And so I try to stay in that sweet spot, but just like everybody, you get off sometimes. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're exploring the prophetic today and uh, we're exploring just hearing God's voice and how that changes our options in life. And you had uh, a couple mornings that God woke you up and he actually set you on a new journey with what he said. Do you want to tell us about those? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd gone through a season of healing and uh, in my own life from a lot of woundedness from the past and was kind of just in that place of God, what's next? And I had turned down a job as a worship pastor at a big church and, and a business that I had had closed. And I was kind of in that place of like, God, what did, what am I going to do now? You know? And he told me, he said, Matt, go home and lay on the floor and just wow. worship me, and your provision is going to come like popcorn. And I'm like, well, that makes absolutely no sense. And so, but I knew enough at that point to just say yes, and I did. This was uh, early 2009, and in the middle of that season, I was just taking time to literally. Just, I was playing the keys and worshiping the Lord, just really, you know, cultivating His presence in my life, and 
two mornings in a row at 3.09 in the morning, I just was woken up out of a dead sleep with that Jason Upton song, Lion of Judah, you know, where it's a raise up an army, you know, that whole part and just like churning inside of me. And the second morning I went down to my studio and opened up Joel 3.9. And of course it says, go to the nations and raise up an army. And it says, gather the warriors and the weaklings. And I'm like, God, what does this even mean? It's three o'clock in the morning. I don't get it. And he's like, Matt, even though all the stuff you've, you've been through, thought you thought it disqualified you, I'm calling you as a father to artists to go wow. to the nations and raise up an army of artists to reveal my glory in the earth. And that absolutely fundamentally changed the, the course of my life and the trajectory um, of everything that I do. So. Now, in, in the context of that, one of the things I read in just my notes, because I didn't know this about you, I don't think you put this in the book that I read, is that you actually didn't have a well-known art career yet. Like, it was a very short period of time that you all of a sudden got established. So God was establishing you at the same time he was establishing this father's call in your life. So tell us, how did that happen? Well, that was crazy because I'd you know, grown up in middle Georgia as a kid that was in Boy Scouts and loved being in the woods and that sort of thing and made baskets for fun. And every time I tell somebody that, they're like, for real? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You know, like some guys play golf and some guys go fishing, and I, I made baskets. I went in the woods and harvested things out of the woods and, and made cool things. And I did that as a hobby for years. And I didn't realize till later in my journey that that was such a, a special place that I had with the Lord where I didn't have any agenda with my creativity. It was just something where I could feel his presence and and be really who he'd created me to be. And so although I had done that for years, it wasn't until I had this really powerful encounter with the Lord that he told me, go back and relearn your craft because this is what I want to use as the vehicle to give you a platform to begin to speak into the lives of artists. And I'm the, I was the last person to get it, Sean. I mean, honestly, I, I was like, I was like, God, are you sure? Because I use like weeds and things that everybody calls cursed and no good and all that. And the Lord told me, he said, listen, what you do artistically is a prophetic demonstration of what I've called you to do as a father to artists. You go on the highways and byways and you gather those that everybody says is worthless and cursed and disqualified and you weave them together into this beautiful thing that I can display my glory through. And it was only then that things started really kind of to make sense. And, and he did within a very short period of time, give me a national and international art career that I, I speak out of today. So that's so awesome. I love how he wove yeah. your story together with just what, with the art itself. And if you haven't seen his art, obviously he's going to give you his website. You have to see what he does because it's just phenomenal. It's you can just tell the artistry that's involved with it. You have such a creative mind. And I think it's interesting that I, you know, living out in Los Angeles around creative artists, entertainers and musicians and these people, the most felt need is for fathering and mothering. That's like the thing they need the most. They don't need somebody who's better than them. They don't need somebody who's ahead of them in their career or their craft. They just need somebody who will stop and, and go through the challenges of life with them. And so I think it's so amazing that you feel like this, this a wake up period from the Lord where he commissions you to be a father in the arts. Now, how, tell me about your family. You're, you're married. You, you told me you had a son. So how does this play into your natural family? Well, I think that was the, the crazy thing for me because fathering was probably the, the biggest place I felt most disqualified and had had the, the deepest wound in my life. I had grown up with um, you know, my dad who loved the Lord but was wounded himself. And so we had a very, very difficult relationship growing up to the mm. point where you know, I didn't even invite him to our wedding and he didn't, we were just not in relationship for a long time. Praise God that's been restored, but oh, it God. was, uh, 
you know, it was a, a diff, difficult, you know, place for me. And so I was, if there was anything God was going to call me to, you know, fathering was not that, but he had done so much work in my life, you know, through the early 2000s that, um, I don't know, it, it just solidifying that place of identity in me and then being able to speak out of that and share with others, not, hey, I've got it all together, but hey, this is some of the stuff that I struggled with and God wants to restore you to a place of wholeness as well and in a healthy identity with him. And so that really is, you know, foundational to everything that I do, whether, you know, my mentoring program or books or whatever is, it all comes back to identity and really coming out of that place of, of a healthy relationship uh, with the Lord. So, so tell me how that impacts. Like, did your wife know she was marrying an artist when she married you? <laughs> no way. You know, we were, we, well, I mean, I was in ministry. We were actually, I was working at Christian summer camps and I was a youth pastor. And so we were into all that, but it wasn't until, um, right before the Brownsville revival around that time, um, I was a Methodist and, um, I didn't even know, I'd never heard the word intercessor. I didn't know anything. I mean, <laughs> about anything. And a friend of mine told me, dude, you sound just like Lyndall Cooley when you lead worship. And I'm like, okay. And so I went to Brownsville. God rocked my world and became wow. a worship pastor. And I I did that for until 2002. And um, and then came out of ministry. We went through a big church split and all this kind of stuff. And I had our first our, our son, Cameron. And I ended up going into uh, marketing and advertising in Atlanta and had my own company for a number of years. So we had been in and out of ministry and in and out of business, but never um, an artist per se. And so the interesting thing is because we're wired completely differently, right? I mean, she's like the administrator, money, finance <laughs> person. And I'm like we the big vision, you know, all this. Well, exactly. But here's the cool thing. I think it was, it's been Tanya, my wife, that has been the one at key points in my life when I was even scared to step out. She's been the one that said, you know, Matt, this is who God's called you to be. This is who, what God's got on our family. Let's go for it. And it's just, I don't know how creative people walk without that kind of support in their life because we all need somebody that, that will blow on our fire, if you will. Uh, and um, and my, my son's a musician, artist as well. And so he's um, he's coming right along and, and finding his expression as well. So oh, that's awesome. So your wife is helping you and then also helping to raise a creative version of her and you together. <laughs> yeah. Now, does yeah, your wife absolutely. have any creativity in her? Is, she, is there any art going on in her life? Absolutely. I mean, she's a fiber artist and uh, does embroidery and all this kind wow. of things. But people always ask me when they come in the gallery, there's like, you know, so does does your wife do baskets? I'm like, I do baskets and she does deposits. And that's how we worked it out. And so <laughs> that's awesome. it works very well. So. so tell us about like taking people, you, you talk about identity, obviously, but taking people on that journey as an artist, how has God kind of led you into it? What is the, because you have curriculum and you have, you know, training. Yeah. So what does that look like? Tell us the story of that. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing when I wrote my first book, unlocking the heart of the artist back in 2009, you know, I was getting invited to speak at conferences and all this kind of thing. And one of the frustrations for me was I would teach things and I knew that people were not getting it like in their core, you know, they would hear it and then it would just kind of, you know, blow away. And so the burden on my heart was like, God, you've called me to raise up this army. And I, you know, how are we going to do this? And give me this strategy. I call it your roadway to success. And it basically is um, cultivating your heart and mind, then cultivating your art, how to grow out of Exodus 31, be filled with the spirit and skilled, and then how to grow your, your brand, your business and your life. And we really walk with people in all of those areas, because one of the big things I find is that 
especially Christian artists, because they've got so many hangups about money and all this kind yeah. of thing, they tend to really segment um, their business life and their art life in one side and their spiritual life in the other. And I'm like, no, listen, this is all in the kingdom. <laughs> God's given you this unique design to release his light and life through you as a demonstration of his goodness and love in the earth. And you've, you've got to learn to do that as a business and you've got to grow in your capacity and your skill as an artist. And so what I try to do through books and podcasts and the mentoring program that I have is is make sure that people really walk into a holistic perspective and, and grow as a full person, not just in one area or the other. So, yeah, and I think that's that's so key. That's one of the reasons why I re- was really drawn to your book when when I got mm-hmm. a copy is that it just felt like um, kind of one of those missing pieces that people go yeah. after even their calling without any sense of connection to God or relational community or relationship to self. And so they end up, you know, they might be extremely talented, gifted, or even monetizable, but it doesn't make their life better. That's <laughs> We're right. Our That's life right. actually get destroyed by it unless there's that place, the foundation. So I love you, Bill. You, you build that place. Well, tell us another story about how like God spoke to you and what moved forward in the art world or in, in what you're doing. Well, one of the things that was really pivotal for me that um, the Lord spoke to me was actually in business. Uh, It's kind of when I began to feel his presence moving in me in business. I had started a studio in Asheville in the River Arts District, which is this really super cool one mile area, 23 buildings, 200 plus full-time working artists. I mean, it's awesome. And I wasn't selling much out of the gallery. I was working there, but it wasn't selling much. And I was, you know, I was upset. I was like, God, what's the deal? You know, and um, the Lord began to give me uh, literally a blueprint of how to set up the gallery. And so because he told me, he's like, you got to get the gallery ready to sell. And I'm like, oh, God, I got to sell my gallery and all this. But he's like, no, dude, he's like, you got to get it ready to sell your work. And. So I literally invested a couple of thousand dollars, started reorienting the space to what he had given me, lights, pedestals, you know, display, all this sort of thing. And I finished like on a Thursday and that Saturday, a lady walked in and uh, she was going to she was supposed to have come to a show that I was at um, earlier uh, in the month. And she said, we miss coming to Baltimore to see you. We've driven up from Atlanta, which is three and a half hours unannounced. And she said, we want to commission one of your baskets. And it was over a $2,000 basket. And I had never sold anything at that point up, you know, that much. And I was like, oh my goodness. And literally from (laughs) that point on my business, the Lord told me, he said, listen, I'll be the one that brings you your business. If you'll learn how to, to follow my voice. And he's so faithful, whether I'm teaching and speaking, doing things like this, or whether I'm in the studio, I don't have that anxiety about how am I going to make a living as an artist? Because I know whatever I'm doing, as long as I'm listening to his voice and responding to that, he's the one that's faithful to bring the provision in line with my assignment. And again, another just like radical transformation of how um, I was able to walk uh, in the kingdom as an artist. So I love that so much. And as you're talking, I'm looking at your baskets. I had to go to your website again because I haven't seen it <laughs> in a few months. And I'm looking at it just going, this is unbelievable. And I love how God became your 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 marketer. I mean, he really is. He's really that good. And I think a lot of people who are listening, are there's a gap sometimes between what we have and then, you know, maybe you don't have somebody like Matt has his wife who helps do the finances and it sounds like and helps to bring some motivation. Maybe you don't have someone like that in your life, but the Holy Spirit literally... One of his roles is 
to be your counselor and counselor is like a business coach and to be your advisor. And I think he's so helpful. Like he's such a, a real person. And a lot of people don't treat the Holy spirit like he's that real. And he knows more than Bill Gates. I mean, he knows more than the best manager you can get as an artist. He knows. And I love that he's helped you in your journey. And I love that area of Asheville so much. Like that area is unbelievable. My favorite, one of my favorite in the country. Like there's a place sort of like that in Austin. There's a place like that here in LA, but I mean, Asheville, I never thought I'd see that and that it would be that creative. And, but you live in one of the coolest cities in the world for real, which is so amazing. Well, and the cool thing about it, I think is that for over a hundred years, there's been this well of creativity because the reason Asheville is, is so creative is that back in the 1920s, um, there was this huge missionary movement that uh, every Christian denomination was sending missionaries to Asheville and to Western North Carolina in order to be this, uh, you know, sort of economic revitalization and cultural revitalization. But the way that the missionaries came was in the context of the arts. And they said, we want to, we're going to send missionaries here. Imagine this, single women and young men getting off a train, walking up into the mountains, living with a family as a missionary, and teaching them how to quilt and whittle and do clay and all wow. that sort of thing. And that literally transformed the region into one of the major centers of fine craft in America. And when the Lord moved us to Asheville, which was a huge you know, we'd been in Atlanta our whole life. And so when he picked us up and moved us to Asheville, we're like, what is this about? Why Why am I going to Asheville? And it, he said, I want to move you to this seat of influence in the arts to put you in the seat of influence. And I believe to redig the well that he originally intended in our region. And so it's just so powerful to be, to feel like you're standing on the shoulders of things that God's been doing for hundreds of years. So Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's an incredible perspective because I think so many, like even the next generation, I was listening to a sociologist and he was talking about how there's a generation coming up that's going to cast off the restraints of technology where it's controlled them. And they're going to look for technology that works with them, but they don't have to work for the technology. The technology works for them. And they're going to get back to a holistic arts and crafts kind of do-it-yourself type generation. Like this generation is like the millennials that are coming up are all about justice, social justice. I love that. I mean, that's like one of my favorite subjects. But he was talking about the next generation is going to be into how do we actually build sustainably and how do we build with what we have and actually look at what we have and the artistry of what we have as being the most important thing. And I was like, yes. When I heard this guy who's out of UCLA, I'm like, you're the best. I, I totally, I believe this. And I feel like you're in that seat of people who are actually respecting that place of artistic process, which takes time. And time's our biggest commodity in this generation is time. And art, real art takes time. Yeah, absolutely. And there is this real visceral connection when you're touching and making, um, you know, with objects. And you actually, like for me, I go in the woods and am harvesting these things out. That even before I knew it was God, there's this, this really uh, powerful encounter with his presence when you do that. And I think it's one of the, the reasons why artists get, you know, can be so um, frustrated in their spiritual journey, and they try lots of different spiritual, you know, uh, flavors, if you will, in order to try to find the Lord, because they know that what they're doing is bigger than themselves. And yeah. I'm just really, I'm so happy to be a part of a community um, that understands that and wants to just love people where they are and allow that creative process to be the thing that that Jesus uses them to to bring them into the kingdom. So I love that. I was I was talking to a neurologist, uh, psychologist in our community here. 
And she was saying, we were talking about getting healed of PTSD or like resting from PTSD. Uh, she said the number one way to get over PTSD is rest, but rest has cannot be passive for somebody with PTSD. It has to be active. So we tell people to rest in a hobby or a talent that they have that they don't normally use. So gardening or creating or artistry, craftsmanship is actually the number one way that we watched the person's part that's really active in the stress starts to rest as another area of their brain fires off and actually creates a place of rest for that other part that needs to be like dark for a little while. It needs to be not firing. And I was like, my wife and I were just like so enamored by that idea. My wife is, loves to garden. So she, she finds the greatest peace in garden. As a matter of fact, she'll find escapism almost in gardening. I'm like, I need you. <laughs> Where are you? You're, you're in the back of our property again for two hours over one bush. Exactly. I need you back. You know, she's a very productive person though, so I can't complain. But it's just so funny right. how like when you're when you're in that place and how God created us in a place to to rest in our talents and in our skills. That there's something that happens even that they can now look at neurologically. That to me is so foundational and it's such a missing art, so to speak for the church. Well, tell us another God story. Tell us a story about your life right now or what God's doing. Well, I think that's just been one of the, it was funny that you mentioned gardening because I was just like, you know, that's one of the things that I really have struggled with kind of being a type a go, go, go personality. When God did start blessing my life, you know, and not only financially, but with creativity and a community and all this sort of thing, I found the very thing that he was blessing me with, I was kind of allowing that to really define me as opposed to be something that was part of my assignment. And so the interesting thing is God used gardening for me as well. When I, wow. when I go home, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I have a, about an acre and a half and it's all flower manicured flower gardens now. And I love it. I have moss and I have all these things. And I, you know, after spending eight hours in the studio, I'm out there every day. But for me, it's been, again, this really beautiful place to not have any agenda with the Lord. Because I think, you know, as you become a professional artist, the thing that you have loved and was just that place of rest now becomes a job and now, you know, has the baggage that that can have with it if you're not careful. And we all need that place of rest and detox with the Lord. And so, but I love it that it's, it's still creative and it still keeps me in the natural world. And um, it's, you can't help but think of, of Genesis and just that walking in the cool of the day with the Lord and just enjoying the beauty and I just find, you know, anytime I'm getting off or getting too busy or I feel that disconnect inside, I can always point back to, hey, I've not been outside. I've not been in the garden. I've not been in that place of rest with the Lord. And so I just really try to keep that at the forefront um, because otherwise all that worry and anxiety about money and I'm going to make it and who's going to buy my work and all that, that, that's what, you know, takes over. And that's not you know, God's best for us, obviously it's that place of rest and just doing what we see Jesus do. So totally. And there's, there's the types of artists right now that are, because they're trying to do it more commercially and not as much for the sake of art, they get, yeah. they, they start to violate that place of enjoyment and that place that yeah. they were made for something that in eternity, we won't need money in eternity. You'll be doing this for the sake of the glory of it, not for the sake of the provision of it. And I think if we can get back to that mindset, it's so helpful to people to, to practice their art now, without money or without being attached or without a goal being attached. And I have projects like I'm a writer. And so I'm now in, you know, seven books and lots of bestsellers, lots of fun. But my greatest place of passion writing is just creative writing and creative storytelling. So I have all kinds of projects that I'm 
finished in the middle of whatever that I've written whole stories, whole little novels, whatever that are just my passion place. And I don't want to bring them to market right now because they're a place that I'm like, I didn't do this for anybody else. I did this cause I enjoy yeah. it. You know, <laughs> Maybe yeah. one day I'll publish them. But right now I'm like, I did this for me. I don't, I don't want the world to look at this. You know, I did this to spend time with God. And I feel like it's been one of the healthiest things because the commercial stuff and the teaching books, and it really is a acts of service and also a marketplace thing that I'm doing for the world and also for our, our lives. And so it's hard for me sometimes when artists tell me that's all they do because I feel like they're they're missing a good portion of their identity of just developing. I mean, because art develops you. It develops who you are if you let it. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the, the big differences that the Lord's taught me over the years in, in the way that I teach, quote unquote, marketing is that never make things that you think will quote unquote sell, but you want to make those things and create out of that place of authenticity with the Lord. And then as you bring it into the marketplace, watch for places of connection because the kingdom's all about connection, right? It's all about connection with, with people's hearts and connection with the Lord. And as we watch that, I've just found the Holy spirit highlight the things that are authentic that I love about my work to other people. And so it keeps me in that place of not trying to sell stuff that I'm just making for monetary gain or, or try to be somebody that I'm not, but I'm really authentically sharing my story in the marketplace. And it's in that place. I think that people really have a, a great opportunity to have a great business and feel very fulfilled creatively and in, in, in their connection with the Lord. So I love that. And you have so many keys and you have uh, a couple <laughs> books out now. So Tell us before we go into how to find you and get a hold of you. Tell us if you have one, the riskiest thing that God ever told you to do that you obeyed. Yeah, the the biggest thing that um, was I think the biggest risk for us was when we moved from Atlanta. Um, we were in a such a comfortable place. We were <laughs> in a a place where God had you know I'd come out of this season of seeking Him, and uh, we had a lady supernaturally give us an art gallery. Um, like handed me the keys to it the second time I met her. I mean, it was crazy. We were gathering a couple of hundred artists at that time, and God was just like totally moving incredibly. And uh, and then a friend of mine calls and says, we think God's calling you to move to Asheville. And I was like, dude, you have lost your mind because there is no way I'm about to move. You know, I've been waiting my whole life for this. But if I, if we had not said yes to that, I, I don't know where we would be in this. I mean, obviously God uses everything, but... Uh, I always tell people that, you know, God's not looking for your perfection. He's looking for your yes. And I think those just in simplicity of being able to say yes, when God is ready to position you for the next thing that he has for your life, it just can't be understated. And for me, it was a huge risk. We left all of our friends. We left our home that we loved, our everything that we knew and moved to a city where we didn't hardly know anybody. But it was in that place, kind of like Abraham, right? That totally. is like, listen, this is the place that I'm going to bless you. And it feels like home. And people always ask me, they're like, Matt, you love Asheville so much. Are you, you know, you're from here your whole life. I said, well, no, but I got here as quick as I could. And <laughs> I think exactly. that's, that's really, you know, just saying yes to God in those key moments like that, even though it's risky is, is just huge. So that is such a huge risk. And I love that it paid off so well. And I know for us, you know, moving to Los Angeles, I'm from California, but Los Angeles is a whole other bird. And I feel the same way. And I think that people who are listening, one of the things that just to get out of this is that when God asks you to take such a big risk and confirms it, it's because there's a place he's planting you that you're going to be able to thrive in, in a way that you won't thrive anywhere else. And I, I'm so glad I got to LA when I did. I felt like if I felt like if I had waited two or three more years, I would have missed out on life and I would have been sad because of what I've been able to develop here. And I'm sure you feel the same in Asheville. Just obedience is key. Okay, so how do we get a hold of you? 
<laughs> well, if people want to see what I'm doing with artists, uh, my books, mentoring program, all that, they can go to matttommymentoring.com. And then if you want to see uh, my baskets and all that, you can go to matttommy.com. And of course, we've got a podcast as well that's everywhere called The Thriving Christian Artist. And I'd love for you to connect there as well. So Absolutely. It's a great podcast for those of you who are listening to this. If you like this, hit that you love it. And then also go over to his podcast and subscribe <laughs> there because you're going to absolutely love that just as a thought leader, what he's saying right now is a father in the body of Christ. Well, thank you so much for being on. I really enjoyed our time. Thanks, Sean. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us online at www.bowlesministries.com. We have exciting resources, e-courses, books, even children's materials to help you grow in the prophetic and go on a continuing journey of hearing God's voice. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate and tell all your friends. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together. <laughs>